0: I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we
1: go! Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaletti, and what a treat we have today. I am with Coot Blackson and he is the author of the national bestselling book, You Are The One, and is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development by everyone ranging from Larry King to Jack Canfield and more. This man did not have a quote unquote normal upbringing. He was speaking to hundreds of thousands of people at the age of eight, that's right, eight years old, He became an ordained minister at age 14 and thought he'd take over his father's ministry when the time came. However, deep in his heart, he knew he was destined for a different path in life. He decided to move to America, which caused a little bit of tension between he and his father. He quickly realized after the move that he was on his own to either sink or swim. And now he is swimming because he's a huge motivational speaker. He's an author and he helps people create breakthroughs in their own lives. What an inspiration. Coot, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I am beyond excited. This is going to be so much fun. And let's just, let's dive right in. Age 8 to 14, you're speaking to hundreds and thousands of people at a time. How does that happen? And walk us through this whole journey of how you got to America and your background and yeah. all that fun stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, my father's a minister and he had uh, 300 churches in Ghana, a huge church in London. His church in London had about 5,000, 6,000 people every Sunday. He was a very mystical, spiritual guy, less traditional, uh, sort of religious, much more spiritual in nature. So I grew up meditating and in a very spiritual context. But, you know, as, as a young kid, I was more interested in playing soccer and being naughty. And Uh, So I go to church and never wanted to go to church. I'm like, screw this, I want to go play soccer. And my friends are out playing soccer and I have to be in church for four hours. (laughs) And so uh, uh, I'd be causing a bunch of noise and uh, eventually my father caught on and he literally put me, like, grabbed me, had someone grab me by the collar, put me in the front row of the audience. I'm in front of 5,000 people, and one day I'm just sleeping because I'm bored as hell. And uh, my father suddenly sees me sleeping, I think, and announces, yeah, my son is giving the, the, uh, the speech today, the sermon today, and he's going to inspire you, and he's run up on stage, and I'm still asleep, and everyone's, the guy's nudging me, saying, "Your dad's calling you on stage. And uh, kind of rubbed my eyes, I woke up and ran up on stage, and that was the beginning of my speaking career. And honestly, I had no idea what I was going to say I had no idea. I had nothing planned. It was it was a surprise. But when I stood up on stage, I felt uh, I felt like I was channeling. I felt like I was at home. I felt like everything dissolved. Everything went in slow motion. I felt like this is, I was in the zone, so to speak. And, and that's what began. So I would say once a month, every six weeks, every, you know, every, just depending. My father would literally just throw me on stage and say, speak. And it was amazing preparation. And I would say from around age eight, I became really that, that started something in me, but I became really obsessed with spirituality and transformation and healing. And, you know, my father had all the, him and I never really talked a lot, but he had all these books on a bookshelf. And that's what really began my, my journey into sort of self-help and personal development. And I'd go to his bookshelf uh, when he wasn't around and I'd sneak these books and I started reading my first self-help book, which was a book by uh, Shakti Gawain on creative visualization and Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson and Dan Millman and the Eastern mystics, people like Osho, Krishnamurti, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, uh, just on and on and on and started meditating and experimenting with myself, having these you know, really amazing spiritual experiences. So from age eight to 14, I was on that path. And at age 14, my father announces to the congregation, my son is taking over the churches. He's, he's, my successor. And, uh, when I heard that my joy, my, my heart sunk because, you know, from a very young age, I started to ask myself the questions, who am I and why am I here? And what's the purpose of life? And I look out at, at the world and, you know, I went to a very prestigious school, I got a scholarship to a very prestigious school where a lot of the the, the students and my peers were, you know, sons of presidents and prime ministers and government officials and what have you, and I had, you know, I came from a family that had nothing, I I went to the school for free, and, and yet I saw these people, a lot of these people were miserable and unhappy. They had every reason to be happy, every reason to be fulfilled, every reason, and yet, Totally unhappy, and I thought, "Wow!" And in my father's congregation, these were a lot of these sort of downtrodden, outcast, uneducated people from you know third world countries, at, uh, parts of Ghana and Africa and Caribbean. You know, they didn't have a whole lot, but they were some of the most fulfilled, kind, happiest, just just smiling people. And I thought, "What's going on? You know, that doesn't make sense." Well, so so I started asking myself the questions what what is this whole thing called life why are we here is it just to wake up wake up eat have sex make babies buy a car go on vacation and then die surely there has to be more to life than this and so i started asking myself the question what is the purpose of life why are we here where are we going where do we come from what is the meaning of this existence and that's when i started reading literally hundreds and hundreds of books maybe 7 800 books by the time i was 18 and at age 14 my father announced to the congregation my son's taking over my ministry and uh, I knew that wasn't my path. I knew that wasn't my truth. I knew that was not why I was here. And uh, quite honestly, I didn't say anything to my father because I was too afraid as a 14-year-old boy. I was too afraid that if I spoke my truth, if I, if I dared to be myself, if, if, if I shared who I really was, that I would not be loved. I would be outcast. I'd be alone. I would lose my father's love. And I think there's so many things we do in life as human beings, even as adults, uh, so many things we do in life that aren't authentic to us. And there's so many ways that we betray ourselves and we aren't true. We don't reveal ourselves because we are afraid of being, of, of not being loved at the core. And, and so uh, I didn't say anything to my father and I got ordained at age 14. I went along with everything and it was a tough four years, you know, because there was always this knowing in my heart that I was not living my truth. And so age I think it was, you know, I went through a, a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil, a lot of questioning, a lot of dark nights of the soul and kind of depression uh, because I felt like I was not living who I was. And I looked into my future at, at age 18, you know, I had to make a decision whether to go to university or what was I going to do? And I looked in, the, in a certain direction and I looked at the expected path, the path my father set out for me. All of the expectations of my community and everyone around, hundreds of thousands of people counting on me and looking for, to me for counsel and advice. I was the guy, the next guy. And, and I looked down that path and I saw, wow, I could be maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years, I could be successful by everyone else's standards and uh, make money, fame, take things to the next level. But at age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60, I looked in the trajectory of my life. And I saw that it just felt like a soul suicide, you know. And the pain hit me. And I felt this deep sense of if I don't have myself, I could have everything in the world. But if I don't have myself, if I don't have my soul, if I don't have my spirit, then what the hell do I have, you know? And it just hit me. And I knew what I had to do, but I was afraid and I had to muster up the courage. And then, 18, I finally decided to have the conversation. I looked at the other path, which was the unknown. And so often, we're guided to go in a direction. We're guided to, to follow a dream. It doesn't make sense. We don't know how we're going to do it. We think, me, of all people, and uh, you know, maybe we don't have the resources, the education, the context, the know-how. Maybe we've never done it before. Everyone thinks we're crazy. But there's something in your soul that is still guiding you. I always tell people, listen to that something in the soul. And so for me, I had to do something really courageous, which was, I had to be willing to tell myself the truth. And one of the things that I feel blocks us the most as human beings, one of the things that I think that keeps us stuck as human beings the most from truly transforming our lives, and if, if, if those listening in, if you really want to transform your life, I think we have to look at this thing. One of the things that stops us is are all the ways we lie to ourselves. In so many ways we are constantly BSing ourselves, lying to ourselves, rationalizing those reasons for why we're not doing what we want to be doing, why we are the way we are. You know, maybe you're in a relationship and you know that it's not really aligned. You're not in love anymore. It's not it's not resonating for you, but you stay because you've invested so much time. You stay because what will people say if I break up? You'll stay because you feel guilty, you feel bad, or you're just afraid of maybe you won't find anyone else. And so you stay even if it's not truthful and you sell yourself out. This is lying to ourselves. Uh, or maybe you're working a job that is just not your purpose, it's not your passion, but you stay obviously for survival for the money. And yet it eats you up inside and there's so many, there's uh, there's so much talent inside of you that you want to express that doesn't get expressed out of fear. And so I think one of the first things we have to do to truly start shifting our lives is having the courage to tell the truth to ourselves. The willingness to tell the truth and ask yourself, what am I lying to myself about? Where am I lying? What am I lying to myself about? What am I pretending to not know? Because quite often we are pretending. There's many things that we know we should be doing, many things we know we shouldn't be doing, but we're pretending. We play a game with ourselves. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I, don't know what to, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know if this relationship is right for me. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. When deep down, we do know, deep down, there is a part of us that knows There is a part of us that knows. And I think we have to have the courage to feel that knowing, trust that knowing, own that knowing, and take the steps to go in the direction. And that's when I really had to have the courage to speak to my father. And that's what changed my life. I, 17, 18 years old, a young kid spoke to my father, told him the truth. Uh, I'm not taking over your churches and I love you. And uh, that was that. We didn't speak for two years. It was very, very challenging. But. I think we have to be with. You cannot live a truly fulfilling life, or truly happy life, or feel truly happy and fulfilled being someone that you're not. You cannot be truly happy and fulfilled living someone else's version for yourself, and there will be no shortage of people that will impose on you who you should be and what you should live, even though they're not living happy and free themselves. You know, and so I think we have to have the courage to be ourselves, and it takes the courage to be ourselves, the courage to to look at the lies we're telling ourselves, the courage to to acknowledge what we're pretending to not know, the courage to also feel the pain. This is one thing also that, that I think is transformative, to feel the pain of the lies we're telling ourselves. Many times we feel the misalignment, we feel the something's off, we feel the pain, we feel the frustration, but because we're afraid of uh oh, what will happen if I tell the truth? What will happen to my life if I'm really honest? What will happen if I truly honor my heart? And because we're afraid of what the consequences, I think uh, we often feel the pain, but we distract ourselves. You know, we, we shop it away. We social media it away. We, hmm. we sex it away. We eat it away. We, we, we just whatever it is to distract ourselves from feeling the pain. So the other thing I would encourage everyone to do is take the time to be in the stillness, take the time to be still, to be quiet. I mean, it's interesting we're in a time on the planet right now where, you know, at least, I mean, things are opening up, but you know, for the longest time we couldn't travel, we were in lockdown, quarantines, what have you. And I think that was the universe's way of saying, you're going to sit yourself down, And you're going to meditate on your soul, meditate on your heart, meditate on your truth, really take this moment to reevaluate what's real, what's true, and reconnect with your purpose. Because I think so many of us, we've been running around so busy, running, 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 don't really know what we're running towards, but we've just been conditioned to run towards some ideal of success that we've been conditioned to believe. And we don't really know what we're running from. We're just running. And so I think, uh, we have to be willing to stop, to, to sit, to feel, to listen, and be honest. I think honesty is the key to transforming your life. And so that's where I started. I spoke to my father. We didn't speak for two years. Um, it was very challenging. Uh, cut a long story short, I ended up winning a green card in the lottery, a green card lottery, not not a lottery from like a Seven Eleven, but a green card <laughs> lottery. And uh, Got my green card and came to the U.S. with two suitcases, a thousand dollars, knew no one in the country. And I think, uh, you know, I I, I think, I believe fortune favors the bold. And so, if if anyone's listening in and they have dreams and they have visions, you know, one of the things that I think keeps us stuck is we're constantly trying to figure out with our minds, you how to do it, how am I going to do it? I don't have the money. And I would say that's something I never really tried to figure out in, in my life. I just, I felt the truth in my heart and I went in the direction. I felt the dream in my heart, and I went in the direction. So I I would encourage anyone, if you have a dream or a vision, go in the direction. You don't have to have life figured out. You don't have to have the entire plan figured out. Many times we're trying to plan everything, figure everything out, put it in a neat little sort of strategic roadmap, and then once we have it figured out, then we're going to take action. And I think it's the wrong way around. I think the universe is waiting for us to say yes, to trust, to take action. And that's when life starts unfolding and revealing itself to us. And often I found life ends up working out in ways that we honestly could not even imagine for ourselves. And uh, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, that's kind of how I came to the US and the journey began there. Oh, you just brought (laughs) up like 48 different questions I want (laughs) to ask through that journey because my hand is hurting from writing. down. What a story. I mean, that's incredible. I guess one of the things I would follow up with is for somebody that's sitting here and maybe they're not living their dream life, they don't have their dream job, and you're. I I think the meditation is a a great place to start. Are there a couple actionable ideas for someone that's sitting here going, that sounds great, but I don't, what's the first step somebody? Yeah, the,
2: the first step I mentioned, which was be willing to sit with yourself and really acknowledge the truth. Acknowledge the truth of what you feel about your current reality. Many times we are BSing ourselves and lying to ourselves about our current reality. Eh, you know, this job is okay. Or you know, sometimes we read a spiritual book and it's like, oh, you should be grateful. You should be grateful. So we, we're like, oh, I'm grateful for my situation. No, I'm not. I hate my job. And so I think we, we shouldn't use gratitude as a cover-up for feeling the truth. We should be willing to own, I hate my job. I don't like my job. This is not a line. It's painful. That's one, own the truth. Really have the courage to own the truth. This is not working. This is not my purpose. I feel unfulfilled and it's painful. Secondly, sit and feel the pain. Feel the pain, feel it. That's one of the things that keeps us doing the dead end job or the job that's not aligned because we know it's not right but we don't feel the pain. So we just kind of keep going. We, we numb ourselves with watching movies here, going to Netflix here, buying a few things here, a sort of an, an aesthetic, anesthesia for our pain. So we never really feel the pain of what we're currently living. Mm-hmm. We never really feel the pain. So one of the keys is feel the pain. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it hurts. Yes. You know, I feel so many gifts inside me, books I want to write, things I want to share, things I want to do. And it's painful to not give that. I am going to die with gifts inside of me. And I think one of the most painful things is to feel the gifts inside of us, you know, to feel what we want to do, what we want to create and to, to just be existing in a life of kind of just mediocrity, you know? And, and so feel it, feel it. That feeling and acknowledgement will create a burn inside, a fire inside that will start burning us up from the inside. And, and, and the hope is as we feel it, We won't be able to help, but start taking action to move in the direction. So that's the second thing is really feel the pain. The third thing is really acknowledge what some of your skills are and take the time when you're feeling the pain to get clear on, okay, I don't like my job, but I could go get another job and I'm going to be in the same situation. So I'd invite people to really then tune into and feel what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Because unless you create a life, then you're just making a living unless you create a life that is aligned with your soul, a life that is aligned with your heart, a life that is aligned with your truth, you will hit a point of dissatisfaction and you will not enjoy the journey. You'll, you, it's like you'll just, be, you'll just be working a job versus a true purpose. And so sometimes pe- people might think, well, how do I find my purpose? And so a couple of uh, simple practical things I'll say in terms of helping people find their purpose, because what I don't want them to do is just switched jobs, right? And so uh there's this idea that, that you have to like know what your purpose is. In order to live it, you've got to figure it out. Then you write it down on a poster board. Then you keep it in a little card. You can put it in a little paragraph. And I say, look, that's not true. I think you don't have to know what your purpose is to start living your purpose. And sometimes we're constantly waiting to start living our purpose, which is, which is similar to we end up putting our lives on hold for some special moment in the future till we have it all figured out. And what I'm saying is you don't have to have your purpose figured out. You don't have to have your purpose figured out. Instead... Because what that does is we put our future on layaway. And so what I'm inviting people to do, if, they, if you're not clear on, if you're, if you're not feeling fulfilled in the job that you're in, it's okay. Take that time to figure out your purpose. What does that mean? Start going in the direction of what you love. Start moving in the direction of what lights you up. It's not about what can I, how can I make more money? I mean, there's lots of people that make more money that, are, that make a ton of money that are miserable. I've worked with many multi-multi billionaires who are just unhappy. They don't feel fulfilled. They're like, I'm making all this money, but I may as well not be making it because I feel like shit. And so go ask yourself, what, what turns me on? What, what gives me aliveness? Where do I feel truly most alive? What do I feel most a life doing, you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, my father had 300 churches and people say, wow, you're such a great speaker. But what people don't know is I used to live behind my father's church in a tiny little apartment. We didn't have a lot of money. My room was literally the size of a tiny little, you know, uh, gas station bathroom, literally with a bed. And that's it. Right. I'd have to climb into the door onto the bed. Cause there was no way to climb <laughs> go around. I mean, it was that small. Uh, but I would sneak into my father's church at night every night with the lights off as an 11 year old kid. And I would literally speak to the empty chairs for three or four hours every day, giving seminars to the empty chairs, 200, 300, 400, 100,000 people, imagining myself in an auditorium, in a hotel room, speaking for hours from age 11 to age eight. That's like three, four hours a day five six days a week and so people don't realize like for me that was my purpose and so in a sense I I would be doing what I'm doing for pretty much free and I was doing it for free then and now you know now obviously I have a business and I've become successful but this is what makes me alive so ask yourself what makes you most alive because if you don't follow the aliveness you won't have the true motivation and devotion to follow through the challenging times so go in the direction Purpose is not something to be figured out up front. Purpose is something where when you go in a direction and you take a step, then you take another step, then you take another step. At every, in every step, life will meet you and reveal the next step to you. Your purpose is, is unfolded. Your purpose is revealed to you in the process of living itself. And then all of a sudden, what you will find is, wow, you know, three years, five years, two years, 10 years from now oh my God, I'm living my purpose, right? You've lived into your purpose. And that's, I look at people like, let's say Obama, Oprah, you know, Mandela, many of these people had no idea that's that's where they were going to end up. Yeah, Obama at age 12, oh, I'm going to be president of the United States. (laughs) I mean, how unlikely is that? But he lived into it. Oprah didn't start off a multi-billionaire. She was abused as a child, then followed her purpose was followed her passion and her love, which was communicating. And she got onto television became a newscaster. She got fired because she was crying. She had too much compassion when she read the news stories. That led to a talk show, a small little talk show in Baltimore, which led to bigger things. And then, boom, we have Oprah. Purpose is something that reveals itself to you as you live life and take action. Most of us sit on the sidelines trying to figure it out. Most of us don't take the action necessary. Life will give you feedback. So go in the direction of what you love. And so that's the first thing. Second thing is look at your specific skills. While you're in the job that you, I hate my job, I hate my job. Stop saying that. Use that time to go, okay, what skills do I have? Maybe there's something in my current job That even though I hate the job, there must be a reason I'm learning what I'm learning because I'm getting to develop a certain skill set doing what I'm doing right here. Maybe I'm learning to type. Maybe I'm learning about, you know, uh, uh, Facebook marketing. Maybe I'm learning about how to make videos. Maybe I'm learning about PR. Maybe I'm learning about, you know, leadership. Maybe I'm learning about managing people. Maybe I'm learning about humility. Whatever it is, there's certain skill sets where you are that if you learn will be part of your preparation and part of the tool chest that you can use as you start truly living your real purpose. I look at someone like Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett is a mega producer. He uh, pretty much was single-handedly responsible for what's called reality television. He launched Survivor and The Apprentice. and I mean, The Amazing Race, the list goes on. But this guy was like a paratrooper in the military, I think, in England. A paratrooper, which is all about adventure and challenge and what have you. I mean, you can see how the dots start connecting together. Paratrooper then started doing these endurance ultra marathon, crazy, you know, races and, you know, like, which turned into amazing race. Yeah. Then he came to the, to to Los Angeles and started selling t-shirts on Venice beach. So he had to learn how to sell as a salesperson. And so all these these elements and skills. Now, none of the, those things were his dream job, none of those things were his true purpose, but all of those skills came together to prepare him to be able to, be, to pitch his show, to, be, to create Amazing Race, to create Survivor, to create Apprentice, and the hundreds of other TV shows he made that came together to make him the mega producer. If he didn't do any of those things, he would not have had the skills of pers- persuasiveness and creativity and ideas to be able to see life the way he did and be the producer that he was. And so every job that you have is serving you. So if you're working in a job that you hate, don't hate it, learn from it. Don't hate it, extract the skills from it. Then ask yourself, what specific skills do I have? What am I good at? What comes second nature to me? In order to truly be effective, you have to have skill because you might say, "Cool, I love basketball, but I'm three foot one. I love basketball, but I can't even, you know, shoot a hoop. That's me. That's a, that is me. <laughs> that's me. I can't. I can't. You know, I'm, I'm one of those. I mean, I like basketball, but you know, it's not happening for me. No matter how much I visualize and practice the law of attraction, I'm not going to play for the Lakers. It's just reality. I don't have the skill. I might have the love, but I don't have the skill. So you have to have the, the, the love, and you have to have the skill set. Those are two things. The thing is, ask yourself what specific problem you are gifted at solving. To me, a lot of people, when they're trying to figure out their purpose and their dream job, ask themselves, oh, where can I make the most benefits? Where can I make the most money? Where where can I get paid? Where can I have job security? I, I would say, money is, I've never followed money in my career. It's never been a, oh, how can I make money? It's always been, does this feel aligned? Is this in, in, in my integrity? Is this my truth? Uh, is this in alignment with my purpose? And so, what I found is, when you focus, when you really focus on adding value, when you actually, let me back up, when you focus on, yeah, when you focus on adding value, you add value to people's lives when you solve a pain, problem, or challenge. When you solve a pain, problem, or challenge, you, you, you add value to people's lives. And that value is rewarded in the form and exchange of money. Money is simply the exchange of adding value to someone's life when you solve a pain, problem, or challenge. And so a lot of people are focusing on, how can I make the money? I'm saying shift the focus to service. Shift the focus, how can I be of service? Shift the focus, how can I add value? And when you truly, really focus on that, off of yourself to truly making a difference by solving a pain, problem, or challenge, Money will be a natural byproduct. The last thing people can do to really figure out my next job, my next purpose is Look at what group of group of people, community of people, you feel an affinity to, a connection to. Maybe you 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 feel a natural connection to single mothers. Maybe you feel a natural connection to teenage kids. Maybe you feel a natural connection to special needs folks. Maybe you feel a natural connection to African American folks. Maybe you feel a natural connection to you know the elderly. You know, maybe feel whoever you feel a natural. Maybe feel a natural connection to the dolphins. Right, whoever it is whatever group of people I believe you have that affinity for a reason you have that affinity maybe your soul has a connection maybe it's karmic I mean if there is such a thing maybe it's past life who knows but there is a connection that your soul has with that group of people for a reason that is pointing you in the direction of perhaps the group of people that you are here to solve like for instance I remember when I first came to the U.S. man uh you know I I was like I was 19 I got to make money I want to make money I want to make money and uh I went out and my friend, my friend's, my friend's boyfriend ran a car dealership. He said, Look, we're doing these tent sales. I'm like, What's a tent sale? Well, you know, all the cars come together, they have these tents in the middle of a uh like a big field, and they sell cars on the weekend, right? For kind of deals. I'm like, okay, he goes, you can make a lot of money. I went there, I sold three cars in two days, which wasn't bad for my first time. A rookie never sold a car before. <laughs> and uh You know, I made like a thousand dollars, which, you know, 19 year old kid, that was like great money for two days. Yeah. I felt so miserable. I felt so empty and miserable. The sense of this is not what I was born for. This is not what my soul. Maybe your soul, maybe someone else's soul, but this is not what my soul was uniquely put here on the planet to do. I believe when you align with your purpose, when you align with your truth, when you're going in the direction of your own natural evolution, then uh, life begins flowing. And ultimately, if you don't know what the form of your purpose is, follow the direction. Ultimately, if you don't know what the form of your purpose is, it's okay. Realize then that at least in this moment, No matter what you're doing, even if you're working a job that you hate, even if you're working a job that you don't love, you can still live your purpose. If you can get clear, what is my purpose? You can still live your purpose inside of the structure and form of the job that you're doing. Your job is your job. It's a vehicle. But your purpose is who you are, what you are committed to bringing. So if you're not sure what you want to do as an expression, like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I'm here to love. I know that I'm here to make a difference. I know that I'm here to inspire. Even if you're working in a gas station or a 7 Eleven, you can still live your purpose through that job. It's just a vehicle. Your purpose doesn't have to just be lived when you're doing some big thing. Your purpose can be lived working in a car wash. Your purpose can be lived as an attorney. Your purpose can be lived as a real estate agent. If your purpose, if you know the real essence of what your purpose is, then you can live it no matter what then it's not dependent on a job or a situation. And I think that's, that's your purpose really can be lived well, well. Sometimes we get this idea that we have to live our purpose and it has to be this huge thing where we're changing you know, continents, where we're, 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 we're healing all of the, the whales in the ocean, we're feeding all of the children in Africa. When, when you know sometimes your kid is being neglected your own kid is being neglected in an effort to, to give water to all the children in Africa. You know, your wife is being neglected. Sometimes the greatest purpose is going on a date with your wife and looking into her eyes and being loving. Sometimes the biggest purpose is, you know, spending time with your, with your parents because you haven't made, made time for them for the last two years. Sometimes the biggest purpose is just connecting with your kid at 2 a.m., changing their diapers. You know, so purpose can be lived even in the small moments of life by bringing your attention of who you are. To each moment.
1: We could seriously stop right now and just we're golden. This is insane. (laughs) No wonder why you're such a powerful speaker. By the way, I was going to wait to ask you this, but as soon as you go live again, I'm there and I'm sure a lot of people listening are there. Is there, and actually I don't want to go there yet because I want to ask you a follow-up question. Okay. How how do people know, like, like you were talking about, reframing their current job versus quitting where is it part of that i don't want to say exaggerating because that's not what it is but projecting out 20 30 years how am i going to feel how do people decide if they should just reframe their thoughts on their current situation or if it's time to yeah so so
2: i I would say i I would say you know it's not necessarily like oh just quit now i would say while you are where you are a lot of people the, the approach that a lot of people take is they're stuck in resentment. I hate my job. 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 job. That blocks the flow. So instead of saying that, acknowledge, yes, I I don't like my job. It's not why I'm here. It's the truth. Then use that time to do what I just said. Get clear on what your true purpose is, not just jump into another job because you're going to jump into another job that you hate. Use that time to get some clarity on your soul navigation, your soul's purpose. And then as you use that time, then while you are where you are, extract the gift of the skills that you're meant to learn and the lessons you're meant to learn where you are, where you are, because if you learn the lessons where you are, you'll be more ready for what's next. If you don't learn the lessons, there's a reason that you are in the job that you're in. Learn the lessons where you are, where you are, then you'll graduate to be able to be, many times, we want what's next. We want the next level, but we're not freaking ready. We're not ready for the next level. If the next level of your life showed up, but you're not ready, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know, if we said, okay, I'm going to put you in Olympics right now, but you haven't trained. Yes, free pass to the Olympics. Yeah, I want to go to the Olympics. But you haven't, you haven't done your training. It's not going to happen. If we say, okay, you, you, your, your dream is to be a heavyweight boxing champion, and we put you in the ring with Mike Tyson. We put you in the ring with Anthony Joshua or, you know, a, a UFC champion. We're going to put you in the ring with, like, uh, you know, Conor McGregor or someone you're going to get whooped. You're going to get, if you haven't trained and you're not prepared, when the universe gives you the opportunity, then you will miss the opportunity because you're not prepared. Many times our dreams don't manifest for a couple of reasons. People say, oh, I've done everything, I'm doing everything. No, no, no. There's about three reasons your dream don't manifest. Number one, the dream that you're holding in your mind, the, the job, the dream that you're holding in your mind is really not the authentic dream that is aligned with your soul. The dream that you think you want is just what you think you want based on who you think you are. But if you're not in touch with who you really are, then what you think you want, I want that car, I want that Ferrari, I want that big house, I want that girl, I want that thing, I want to make gazillion dollars. I mean, it's all great, doesn't mean you can't, but many times our goals aren't truly authentic. And so sometimes, reason number one, our dreams don't manifest because what we think we want is just what we think we want, not what we truly are aligned with right? Mm -hmm. Or what is highest for our soul. It's coming from our ego. It's coming from our unmet wounds, our unmet wounds from childhood, thinking if I can get that thing, then I'm going to be enough. If I can be an actor, then I'm going to be validated. If I can win that Oscar, then I'm going to, you know, dad's going to be proud of me and I'm going to prove that I'm so worthy if I can achieve that and create that thing that will never bring us true fulfillment in our souls. It will, ego fulfillment will never fulfill us at the deepest level. We will always be chasing empty, empty, you know, empty calories. We'll always be, be chasing empty goals and it will never be fulfilling. So that's number one sometimes. So if dreams, if what you think you want isn't really what you truly want, then we are, and life doesn't show up, then life is kind of course correcting you and giving you the opportunity to dig deeper, deeper and realign within your own soul and get clear what is it that I really want that's true for me? What is it that is authentic for me? That's number one. Number two, sometimes you're chasing a goal, dream, vision, or a job, and the timing's not right. It's just not timing. It's, the, the, it's not, I mean, it, if it's summer, and you wanna go snowing, it doesn't, you, you can visualize, you can practice at law of attraction, you can do whatever you want. But if it's hot, like, look, I've been in Phoenix most of the summer, a week ago, it was 112 degrees. I can pray, meditate, visualize, do affirmation, read the positive books, be positive, pump myself up, go outside, and say, "Snow! It's not happening." It's because it's not the season. It's not the time. So we have to be willing to work with the rhythm of life and the cycle of life, and realize there is a time for everything. You know. So maybe the maybe we're not ready. Maybe maybe the collective culture is not ready. Maybe you know. so, so we have to work with the timing of the universe. That's the second thing. The third thing I was just kind of alluding to before was perhaps we're not ready yet. And if we're not ready yet, there, there's I believe we are human beings. We, I believe that we're souls in, incarnated into the human body. And we're here to learn, grow, and evolve. That's why we're here. And every experience, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a, whether it's a breakup, whatever, it, it's ultimately all designed for our learning and growth and evolution. We're here to grow, learn, and evolve and become more Of who we really are more of our true authentic self and so sometimes our dreams don't manifest because we have not become the necessary people who were truly able to match that vision meaning there's still growth there are still lessons that we need to learn where we are when we are where we are that we haven't learned the lessons where we are it's like wanting to graduate from 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 kindergarten and, or wanting to graduate from high school but but we haven't passed any of the tests it doesn't work that way you've got to graduate you've got to take those sats you've got to take that a level exam and you've got to graduate otherwise you fail and you do you you repeat the class again until you pass that's how it works all lessons are repeated until learned life is a school life is a school of of, of loving Uh, uh, life is a school of, of, of evolution. And so often dreams don't manifest because we simply haven't learned the lessons yet. Often we try to force and push and force our way and manipulate our way. I say, rather than doing that, learn to flow, how you flow, learn the lesson where you are. When you learn the lesson in a relationship, in a situation, you will unlock the lock to the next level of your life. And so, Those are a few reasons why things tend to not manifest and why we stay stuck. And so if you're in a job that you hate, stop hating on it. Do what I just said, but then bless the job. And while you are there, while you are in the job that you are in, because it's teaching you something about yourself and it's giving you the opportunity to do the exploration. Make sure you don't waste the time. Most people waste the time Because they're so busy moaning and groaning and complaining about the job that they don't use the time to do what we just said. And so use the time. Basically, you're getting you're getting paid to do your exploration, but just make sure you do your exploration and two things. First thing is, how shall I say it? Do the job where you are with the highest level of excellence. Do the job where you are with the highest level of brilliance and excellence so you can be in integrity and be in true respect for yourself. As you do that, you bring yourself into another level of alignment and you will respect yourself. That will generate an internal power inside of you and that power will help move you forward. That's the first thing. Don't half-ass it. Don't be mediocre, do the job at the highest level possible. That's how you begin earning your rights to the next level. Then secondly, make sure that every single day, most people are busy moaning, groaning and complaining and they're wasting like three hours. People say, cool, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my, I'm like, I've heard you say that for the last three years. (laughs) Now, so I asked them, what did you do today? What actions did you take today? How much time did you spend yesterday? how much time did you spend last week working on what you love working on where you want to go none well (laughs) if you're not spending any time each day working on the alternative working on the new business working on the new project working on you know where you want to go nothing is going to change you're just being a victim wasting your time so stop complaining stop blaming stop moaning stop shaming yourself and instead, make sure every single day, even if it's, but I'm so busy? Everyone has 10 minutes, everyone has 15 minutes, everyone has, you know, take an hour. If you hate your job that bad, <laughs> that means you should take more time to really figure out what you're going to do instead. And so those are a few things I would say for those that may be challenged with the job that they're at.
1: I love that you're giving these ideas of things that anybody listening or watching can do, boom, immediately get started right after they're done listening to this, this is, this is so good. Kuda, I got to ask you, because I was going to surprise you and hold your book up, but it's it's on the way. It's not here yet, but I can't okay. wait to dive into it. And I got to ask you for myself and for everybody else. There you go. There it is. There it is. The you one. are the one. Is everything you're talking about, and I'm assuming a lot more yeah. detail, in the book? In the book, stuff? yeah. A lot of the stuff
2: is in the book, and it's, but it, the book is written in a way that's fun and entertaining and through stories, so it's such an easy read, but... Uh, A lot of the concepts uh, are in here in some way shape or form and some some aren't some aren't in different you know different videos and what have you but the core of my work is is in this.
1: Okay beautiful and I have to ask you because it's clearly with COVID and everything going on I'm sure you're probably the perfect person to ask this to how have you I guess the word is pivot that you're hearing as the buzzword how have you pivoted dealt with grown during this interesting time? And is there something you can give us? What's next for you? Do you have that? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I mean, I could go on forever. But
2: what I would say is I think that, uh, you know, the, as I was saying, I think that this time in 2020 is the universe's way of giving us an opportunity to take a step back for a moment, you, giving us the opportunity to, to really reflect and go inside and reflect on what's real, what's true, who do we want to be, really, because we're we're just, you know, running around so fast in in the world, going here, going there, I'm traveling, you're traveling, we're all like, you know, all over the place. And so I think the universe is just giving us a way to sit, to kind of sit for a moment, to feel more deeply, to meditate, to reflect, to reinvent ourselves, to update our minds, to reconnect with like, okay, what is my purpose, really, to sort of you know take the time to let go of any old junk inside and so this is the time I would so I would say really use this time wisely don't you know it's easy to to be upset and resist what's happening right now but the more you re- and be in denial but I think if you can use this time to say okay i have an opportunity to 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 lay the foundation again for my life i think 2020 can be the most impactful year that will serve as a catalyst for us going to the next level. In order to go to the next level, you have to let go of the things in your life that are not truly in alignment. In order to go to the next level, you have to let go of the things in your life that are not working. But many times, we, we don't, we hold on, you know, we hold on to those things in our lives, the relationship, the thing, because it's comfortable hmm. because that's who we know ourselves to be because I've always done it that way. And sometimes we even get into what I call a trap of success. We do a thing and it works. People reinforce us. We now create an identity and we keep doing it because it works and we make money. The challenge is sometimes we stop growing, but we keep doing it because it works. Wow, it's working. So, and so we're caught in a loop, no longer fully alive and, 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 and connected, but we keep doing something just because it's working. And so I think it's an opportunity to look at what am I doing in my life that is working, is working, but I'm no longer growing. And th- this is a trap of success, where we get into a comfort zone of doing what's comfortable because it's working, even though we're not growing and evolving. And so I think this year is giving us that opportunity. So I would invite everyone to really take the time every day, even if it's 10 minutes, to just be still, be willing to slow down, be willing to reflect, you know, be willing to reflect on who am I? Where am I going truly? What do I really want? Who do I want to be? What's meaningful in my life? Oh, so many of the things that we thought were important and meaningful, right, are gone. So many things that we thought were important and meaningful that we invested so much time and energy in, friends, family, situation, this, looking good, all of that. None of that shit is really important. The only thing that's really important, I think we're starting to get down to like, what's really essential for us? Truly what's essential? What are our real values? And I think when we can really refine this within ourselves, we become truly strong inside. And and so I think this year is an amazing opportunity to do that, it's, it's, it's an amazing time. It's not easy, right, for many of us. It's not, it's not easy, it is challenging, but I believe that it's an opportunity for a reset. It's an opportunity for reset. So the next level of our lives requires the next level of you. The next level of your life requires the next level of you. The next level of your life requires that you let go of everything that is not working, mm-hmm. let it go. But many times we hold on out of fear. Holding on to that which isn't working only blocks the flow of the universe holding on to that which isn't working only keeps you stuck holding on to that which isn't working only affirms your lack of trust in the universe and that talk about law of attraction if you're affirming really your lack of trust in your actions then you will attract more things in your life to be fearful of and trust and 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 have more lack of trust in regardless of what you're saying or, or, or doing on the surface. And so uh, I say, use this time to, clear, cl- to clean house. Mm-hmm. Use this time to make the space. So much of our mental and emotional and physical lives are clouded with things that just aren't true anymore. We have friends in, we're talking about social distancing, social distancing, you know, whatever you believe is your belief, but social distancing. I think, you know, I think there's probably friends in our lives. That we've had in our lives for way too long, right? Yeah. And we need to be socially distancing from some of these folks forever, because, <laughs> because they're not they're not having a, a positive impact on your life. You know, they're bringing you down. They're pooping on your dreams. They're they're they're, they're taking you in directions that aren't uplifting. And so we have to ask ourselves, why am I, why is this person still in my life? So when they come back in July after this pandemic. you you can still say, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, Joe or Susie, I'm still social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) Clear house, clear house and make the space. When you make the space in your life, then there is room for something new to show up. New possibilities, new relationships, new opportunities, new ideas can begin showing up, but we have to have the courage to create that vacuum and make the space.
1: This is just cute. I got to tell you, when you're talking, first off, the content that you have is insane. Like, it's so good. But I have to acknowledge you, too, because the way that you speak, I mean, I feel like you're sitting next to me, even though you're not. Mm-hmm. And it just, I'm sure everybody listening or watching, it feels like he's talking directly to you. And it's, it's, you're full of passion and love. And I appreciate you a lot, my friend. This has been I want to have you on for another seven hours, but I don't know. You, you may want to social distance from me after that, so maybe <laughs> I won't do that. All right, I want to finish it up. Uh, I do this final five. It's a rapid five questions, and then uh, we'll let you we'll let you go. Before I do that, though, how can people, we saw the book, the book, I can't wait to get it myself. You are the one. There it is for you watching on YouTube. He's got it up there. You are the one. Koot, tell us how else people can connect with you, follow you, et cetera.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Facebook, go to Facebook, Koot Blackson Love Now. Go to Instagram, Koot Blackson. My website, kublexon.com. You can also uh, two more things. You can receive a free gift uh, by going to I could a three-part powerful video series. Activating, www.activatingabundanceonline.com. You can put that in the show notes. Activating Abundance Online. You'll receive three amazing videos that will be, I think, truly uh, inspiring and life-changing in terms of helping you. Uh, activate and reconnect with the abundance in your life during these challenging times. Uh, for any, anyone that really wants to go to the next level of your life, uh, really what I do is I help people transform. That's my passion. That's my gift. Uh, beyond just sort of motivating people, although I am motivational, my real work is Transformational in nature, whether it's one on one, one on five, one on 20, one on 500, one on 700. Uh, but the, one of the favorite things for me to do is to work with those that are really, really like serious about going to the next level. So I would say if you're someone who you feel a calling to make a big difference or impact on the world, if you're someone where you're, you're ready to break free of your past conditioning and sort of catapult yourself to living your true soul's purpose and destiny, twice a year, every July and December. I do a 12-day deep dive, transformational, experiential immersion seminar training in Bali, Indonesia, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. And so it's called Boundless Bliss, uh, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. You can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's www.boundlessblissbali.com. You can find out all the information there. There's a video you can apply. And once you go to the website, you will know and you will
1: feel the calling. Oh, I can't even imagine those 12 days. That is probably something. Come join us, come join oh, us. Oh, I think I might have to. I gotta talk do to it. my wife about, we both might be coming out there. I, I gotta do talk to about that. All right, so I'll put all that in the show notes. That's beautiful. Are you ready for the quick final five here? Let's do it. All right, here we go. How do you want to be
2: remembered? Uh, someone who loved profoundly, loved deeply. That's really it, someone who loved profoundly, loved deeply.
1: I love it, I love it. Simple and powerful. What are you most thankful for?
2: I just think being alive, you know I mean? It sounds corny, but just being alive. I mean, if it wasn't alive, I wouldn't be here. So I'm just (laughs) just thankful for the, the gift of life with all its ups and downs, you know, and the opportunity to just keep growing through it all. That's really what I'm grateful for.
1: I can tell, I can definitely tell and I'm sure everyone else can that you're grateful to be alive because you bring it, you bring it. All right, this is my favorite question and I'm interested to see how you're going to answer this. What is your best dance move, Kuth? Can you, can you cut it up on the dance floor? I can
2: cut it up on the dance floor. Uh, I don't know if I have a name for it. It just looks <laughs> crazy. <laughs> What is it like a uh,
1: full body? Like, you're going it's a, all out.
2: It, it, it's a full body, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but something's happening, you know, and, <laughs> I, and just so, like, I don't really care what it looks like, but let's let it flow. It's, it's, one, of,
1: it's one of those. Okay. Well, if, if people come to Bali, can they see it in person?
2: If they come to Bali from this interview and you say, I saw it on this interview, I'll
1: I'll give it to them. (laughs) That's great. Okay. Two more quick ones. What's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? Uh, I mean,
2: honestly, so many. I mean, there's so many times over the years, especially in those beginning stages that I wanted to give up, you know, that uh, I thought of going back home. Life was hard. I've been rejected so many, so many, so many times in pursuit of dreams, goals, and I like laughed at and, and, and ridiculed, laughed out of offices. I mean, just embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment and uh, kept going, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just, I don't know if it's just one, you know? I mean, I've de- death of two of my dearest, best, best, best friends, oh, that man. was heartbreaking, two of them, you know? Two brothers that were my best friends. both of them gone. Uh, devastating, mm-hmm. so.
1: You've been through a lot and you keep plowing for it. You you know, I
2: I think we cannot let heartbreak or challenges in life make us bitter. And I think many times the heartbreak uh, is what God or the universe uses to crack our hearts open so that light can shine through.
1: (laughs) So good, I, I just, oh, I want this to go on forever. Okay, last one, Who is your hero? Who is my hero?
2: I think at different stages of my life, but honestly, I would say my parents now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I, I really have deep love for their souls. My mother was a great, she, she passed away three years ago, but a great, great woman. She taught me a lot, a lot about service, a lot about humility, uh, a lot about real greatness, you know? Uh, an amazing woman, and same, as, same with my father, who was, Challenging guy growing up, but uh, a man who so dedicated to service and at the deepest level in an impersonal way, like real, real love, real love. And so they're heroes for me. I mean, there's many people over time, but those are two people that will always be.
1: That's beautiful. That is a perfect way to wrap it up. I, again, I'm sure I speak for everyone listening or watching. Thank you for your time, Coot. And it's, by the way, it's K-U-T-E is how you spell his first name. Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N. Look him up. This guy is on another level. I can't wait to meet you in person. At some point, I'm coming to an event. That's my verbal commitment to you. This has been something special, and I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It's been great being on with you.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Livin' the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't,